Who is this King? Who is this man, Jesus of Nazareth? He stands next to the most powerful political man in the area and speaks to him face to face. This political man, Pilate, asks him questions, and this Jesus of Nazareth only responds with more questions to him. Verbal chess, a game of words, it seems like. But two things begin to surface. The first is that this Jesus of Nazareth, through this discussion with Pilate, is asking him to make a personal judgment, to make a stand on what he believes about this man before him. Secondly, this Jesus of Nazareth is revealing to this political man that his kingdom is not of this world. And although it looks humble, it's greater than every kingdom known to man. As we'll see later in the Gospel, Pilate, unwilling to take a stand to make a decision on his own, will wash his hands and declare himself innocent of this man's blood. And then when Jesus says the words, I came to testify to the truth, everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice, this political man, Pilate, deflects with a question, what is truth? The intense irony of all this is that Pilate, asking what is truth, stands before truth himself. Pilate stands before the man, Jesus of Nazareth, who told his disciples that I am the way, the truth, and the life. In short, Pilate has truth staring right back into his eyes. What he cannot see is that truth is a person. Truth is a man. Truth is Jesus of Nazareth. And this Jesus of Nazareth is shackled and chained, yet is the all-powerful one. This Jesus of Nazareth is not like every other king. He chooses to take the humble road that leads to a throne not fit for a worldly king. And Jesus' royal procession leads to a different kind of exaltation. So who is this king? Who is this Jesus of Nazareth? This King Jesus is the one who mounted the throne of the cross. He was crowned with with thorns, willing to prove that his kingdom is not of this world. He's adorned with a ragged purple cloak, and he's only stripped of it before he's hanged there. He was fastened to such a rugged cross, a rugged throne. But the question becomes, what held him there? What held him fast to the cross? Was it the nails and the wood? Was it the rope around his wrists? No. For he's the creator of heaven and earth. And what are nails and wood and rope to the creator of all things? So what held him suspended between heaven and earth? What held him fast to the cross was love. Not a feeling of love, because the feeling of a cross isn't good. But rather, it was a second by second, minute by minute, hour by hour, choosing. Choosing to remain fast to the cross. 
for the good of every single soul, their salvation. Love for you held him there. Love of the king of the universe poured out from his side blood and water to show you that he has given his whole life to you. This king of ours, Jesus of Nazareth, then slept the sleep of death on the throne of his cross only to triumphantly rise again on the third day in fulfillment of the scriptures, to be exalted once more. Then 40 days after his glorious resurrection, this Jesus of Nazareth ascends to the Father, throwing open the gates of heaven, opening the doors to his kingdom so that all could enter for those who follow after him. But this begs the question, what drove him to rise from the dead and to ascend into the heavens, becoming the means of our salvation? It was not the rising of the sun or the clouds that lifted him there, for he's the creator of all those things. What drove him to rise and to ascend to the Father was none other than love. Love for you. Not a feeling of love, but choosing to open up the promised land so that you may enter, so that you may have eternal life and total and perfect union with the God of all creation for eternity. And from his heavenly throne, he pours down grace upon grace and blessings to all those who seek first the kingdom of God. But the best news is that his love does not stop even there. Love continues to move his heart for you and for me. Love continues to draw himself ever close to us. Love moves him to fulfill the promise he made to you that he would be with you always until the end of the age. And so now our King of Kings, Jesus of Nazareth, sits not just on the throne of his heavenly throne, but on the throne of the Eucharist. What moves him to humble himself and be held so fast to the appearance of bread and wine? What stirs his sacred heart to place himself so vulnerably under something so fragile and simple as bread and something so sweet as wine? Love does. Love for you. Not the feeling of love but the consistent and ceaselessly choosing to remain present to you, to remain present to his bride, the church, to remain present to those who endure the valley of tears, to remain present to fulfill every desire of your heart. This love, my brothers and sisters, this love is why today we place our Lord Jesus Christ, the King, in a monstrance, accompanied by light, by candles, led by a cross, covered by a canopy, lifted high by his priest, and followed by the people he has made his own, you. This is why we take him out into the streets of Biloxi, Mississippi, to show that as a community of faith, as servants of the Most High, that this Jesus is our King, and we are not ashamed of him. We show to the world that the King is here, that the King is present. The King is alive. The King is risen. The King is the way, the truth, and the life. And we will sing songs of gladness and praise because to sing is to claim Him as King twice. 
This is why all afternoon we will mount our Lord and King on the altar so that those who, those who find life weary and burdensome can find rest for their souls. My brothers and sisters, if Jesus Christ be not present in the Eucharist, then we are the most pitiable of men because we worship, praise, and honor a piece of bread. But rather, in the presence of the Eucharist, we stand just like Pilate did 2,000 years ago, face to face with truth himself, as he's presented to us in the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. And we too are like Pilate, and we're invited to make a decision to take a stand on what we believe about this man, Jesus of Nazareth. Is he your king or is he not? Do you submit to him and serve him or do you not? And when asked, is Jesus the king, Jesus responds to you and to me with the question that he asked Pilate. Do you say this on your own? Or do you say this only because others have told you about me? As Catholic Christians, my brothers and sisters, we must not sit on the fence unwilling to, take a stand, unwilling to take a stand with Jesus, especially with the Eucharist. We are unapologetically Catholic. We are unapologetically Eucharistic. And we unapologetically today praise, honor, and worship our King, Jesus Christ. And we gladly submit to the truth that His kingdom is not of the world and that His kingdom is open to all those who take heed of his personal invitation. Let us praise and honor him, for Jesus is our King.